Switch the Envelope today is brought to you by sunglasses. You know, sunglasses. When you're a middle-aged man-child who cries while watching Disney movies with your kids, put on sunglasses. Because let's face it, you're a man. Cover that shit up. Hey there, this is uh, Corey from Switch the Envelope. Jeff may believe that it's wrong to cry at movies like The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, The Absent-Minded Professor, or The Cat from Outer Space, but I say only a real man knows that it's okay to cry like a little bitch. Talking movies every week. Talking movies every week. Sinovation. Jeff and Corey. Yes, here we go. <clears throat> Cinovations, optical printer. Whenever you're ready, guys, just try to get through it in one take. Since the invention of film, there have been technological advancements that you have never known or wanted to know about. Believe it or not, that was done on purpose. Typically in films, if you notice the technology, you're watching a bad film. On today's episode, we're going to explore the hidden technology behind visual effects. Welcome to the Cinovations of Optical Printers. To relay the story of visual effects, or trick photography, in motion pictures, we really need to tell the story of motion pictures themselves, starting with the first cine cameras made in 1888. Wait, hold on. How far back are we going? Really? Is, is, it, is it necessary to go back that far? Yeah, I don't know why we're going back to 1888. Like... I thought we were talking about trick photography. It's like three years after Marty had already gone back to the Old West, right? That's like three years after Biff shoots him in the original timeline. Right? Ugh. By his beloved Clara. Doc's probably built his time machine by then. Like, now we're, like, we're going to talk that's... about technological advances? Hey, uh, hey guys. Um, can we just read what's on the page? In 1896, magician turned obsessive filmmaker. Wait. This fucker's a magician. George Millais. He's a uh, Millier. <laughs> he's uh, he's an important figure in uh, in film history. Believe it or not, he's a magician. But, so he's like yeah, card he, card guy. He did like puppet shows, I think. Hey, uh, hey guys, I got a virtual day with my girlfriend on Zoom. So can we just get through this? In 1896, magician. You heard me right. Magician <laughs> turned obsessive filmmaker George Millier inadvertently invents the jump cut due to a malfunctioning camera. He experiments with cranking the camera forward and backward. The resulting double exposure creates the first cross dissolve. By using black paint on glass to block exposure to certain parts of the film frame, he invents the first film mat. Millier's fascination with the potential of his camera and this new medium gives birth to the art of visual effects. By 1918, optical printers were built and used as film copy machines to print multiple copies from the original film stock. These copies were often made for smaller film sizes to fit projectors in educational institutions and home theaters. Imagine a projector and a camera pointed directly at one another with the projector exposing the fresh film in the camera. Only a limited number of these machines even existed at the time, and almost all of them were independently built. Cinematographer Alvin, Simon, and Theodore... God damn it, you know he'll read whatever's on the prompter. Cinovations take two. Cinematographer Alvin Wyckoff... Wyckoff? Wackoff. Wyckoff. 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 
Wickoth. appeals to the Society of Motion Picture Engineers in 1922 to advance the technology of the optical printer. He stated, We should be able to do with our printing machine even more than we can do with our camera. It should be so flexible that we can take any part of our positive film and make a new, dare I say a new, negative. That we can enable us to do trick work. That has yet not been seen. End quote. <laughs> Beautiful. Super poignant, Mr. Wackoff. Wyckoff. Damn. By 1927, the Society of Motion Picture Engineers are presented with their first real answer to Wyckoff's plea. When A.B. Hitchens debuts the duplex motion pictures industry optical and reduction printer and it officially turns the optical printer from a film copy machine into a visual effects tool. The new design added new features such as dissolves, wipes, a matte box, a device for multiple exposures, and various frame vignettes aimed directly at the trick optical effects market. The machine was now capable of creating more controlled versions of the effects pioneered by Millier, as well as expanding on the precision of visual effects like matte painted set extensions that had previously been done as practical on-set effects. With this new advancement, Hitchens proclaimed that the new wave of visual possibilities were, quote, limited only by the ingenuity of the operator. End quote. You guys are really going to do, like, a voice for every one of these? Absolutely. And apparently they are all old-timey Abraham Lincoln. I mean, 1860s, 1920s, it's all the same, right? Yeah, and you know, I just read the copy, but seriously, are we just talking about a fucking copy machine? Is, is this, like, early Xerox? Because this, this thing had wipes on it, so I'm assuming that you know, when people Xerox their butt, it had wipes ready. You got your flapper girl up there ready for multiple exposures. Ho! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I led you to water and you drank from the trough. <laughs> Can we please get back to the script? The next year, cinematographer Carl Louis Gregor. <laughs> Gregory. It doesn't fucking matter. And builder Fred A. Babar. Barber. I like Babar. Fred A. Barber would further the innovation with a machine they presented to SMPE that was designed to move with micrometric precision. Ooh. The Gregory Barber printer mounted the camera, lens, and projector on three independently movable carriages called heads along a six-foot table. This allowed the operator to refine the alignment of their composite visuals to within one eight hundredth of an inch. The motivation for his design? To splice the upper half of a naked woman with the tail of a fish with an indistinguishable transition to create a realistic, sexy-ass mermaid. Necessity is the mother of all invention, and Carl Luis Gregory needed them fish titties. Into the 1930s, the advancement of the optical printer's design had made it an industry workhorse, not only for common dissolve and fade transitions, but used in tandem with the Dunning and Williams blue screen methods for expanding the art of visual effects. The convergence of technology and creativity placed a terrified fay ray in the path of a monstrous stop-motion gorilla in RKO Pictures' 1933 classic King Kong and made a deranged Claude Rains disappear from the screen in Universal's The Invisible Man of the same year. 
Studio executives soon took advantage of the optical printer as a money-saving tool to replace locations and expensive set construction. They also discovered the printers were capable of fixing production mistakes such as over or underexposed film, which limited the need for costly reshoots. The optical printer fix-it-in-post strategy had become common practice by the 40s. Though many advances had been made in the 20-plus years since the optical printer's inception, including the advancement of color film and the new matte techniques with blue screens and Disney's higher quality but more expensive yellow screen backdrops, no real industry standard had been established. Most printers were independently built in-house by studio effects departments, and most were a haphazard array of technical equipment. The need for a universal, reliable optical printer designed for mass production was looming. The race to be first was on. Enter William Draper. Can we just call him Don Draper? Because um, nobody fucking knows who William Draper is. <laughs> um, yeah, Don Draper's from the TV show Mad Men. Nothing? Nope. You guys are the worst. Moving on. William Draper. Still call him Don set his sights on being the first to create a standardized printer for mass production. His aim was as high as the potential for his machine. So high, in fact, the continuous tinkering and addition of features rendered his work incomplete. Like syphilis pushing the stone up the hill. Hold on, syphilis? Draper. Yeah, syphilis. You know, the Greek god who pushed the stone up the hill. Syphilis. No, no, no. Syphilis is what I got from those Tijuana hookers. Sisyphus is the Greek Greek uh, mythological creature I'm that pretty well, he's sure a man. It's, I'm pretty sure it's syphilis. Guys, guys, can we can we just press on? We're having a meaningful meaningful conversation about Greek syphilis. I bet syphilis was rampant in Greek days. Well, because of all the fraternities. Yeah. And keggers. <clears throat> Draper would miss his opportunity to cement himself as a cinematic legend. That sort of loses its impact there, but... (laughs) (laughs) We'll continue on, I know. You're looking at me through the glass. On October 18th, 1943, Draper officially lost the race to cinematographer Linwood Dunn, who was also the head of optical printing at RKO. Dunn and the Acme Tool Company of Burbank... Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Acme is a real company? Uh, apparently. I thought that was just a fictional company they used in Warner Brothers for Wile E. Coyote and a bunch of other fantastic uh, cartoons. I mean, maybe uh, maybe Warner Brothers was uh, poking, poking a bear by naming all of their crappy things that Wile E. Coyote used. Uh, that's, that's true. They all, none of them worked. Yeah, they're, they're all, all shitty. They're all like, you know, dynamite. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it's a it's an in joke for the industry, huh? That we don't get because this was made because those uh, those original cartoons are made back in the thirties. Yeah. Anyway, the more you know. Still rolling, guys. The Acme Dunn printer was a whole new compact design that was capable of quote automatically driven dolly a zoom shots at any practical speed, make horizontal or vertical frame slide off effects. Wipe off in any direction at any speed. Do frame combination printing with a 12-frame cycle and enlarge from 16 millimeter, including successful three-frame separation negatives. The unit was built for mass production, and its ease of use with its consolidated control panel soon made it the gold standard that the industry had needed. By the 70s, movie audiences had tired of the spectacle of Golden Age movies in exchange for grittier realism. 
That is until 1977, when a small sci-fi film resurrected the medium to aid in its massive scale of composite shots. Star Wars would bring back a technology that was on its deathbed. George Lucas and ILM, with the help of computers and a repurposed optical printer that was used for the Ten Commandments, created an optical print system that could operate with precise and repeatable movements. The incredible success of the Star Wars franchise and their expanded use of an old Hollywood technology led the Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences to award an Oscar to Linwood Dunn for his great achievement in cinematic technology. Though computers and digital imaging soon phased out the optical printer, the fingerprints of the great film technology is still felt in the overall approach and vocabulary of the process of visual effects. To all the cinematographers, technicians, and wild inventors whose blood and sweat went into the ever-evolving development and advancement of visual effects through the lens of the optical printer, we salute you for your Cinemation! Talking movies every week. Talking movies every week. Cinovation. 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 Hosted by Jeff and Corey. The following has been a Riff Laugh production.